welcome to the Celebrate Community Church of Yankton podcast. My name is Jeff Todd, and I have the privilege of serving as pastor of this amazing church community here in Yankton, South Dakota. I just want to say thank you for joining us. It's my prayer that this week's message will truly encourage you. Enjoy. There was a woman whose husband was very sick, and she was in a hurry to get to the pharmacy to pick up his medication. But uh, when she got out of the car, she unknowingly locked her keys inside of it. So when she returned with the prescription, she realized her mistake and obviously very frustrated. She prayed, God, please help me. I need to get this medicine to my husband. Well, it was at that moment that an old motorcycle pulled up, driven by a bearded man that was covered in tattoos. So, seeing her frustration, the man went over and asked what was going on, and the woman explained the situation. And In less than 30 seconds, the man went over to the car and popped the door and got it open for her. And the lady was so excited, she threw her arms around him and said, Thank God for sending me such a very nice man. The man backed up and he said, Lady, you got to understand something. I ain't no nice man. I just got out of prison for 20 years of auto theft. Surprisingly, the lady smiled again and said, Thank God, you sent me a professional. (laughs) Now, why do I say that? I don't know about you, but a lot of times when I pray to God, I don't always see the answer that I'd like. And maybe part of the reason why I don't see the answer I like is because God has another plan on how to answer my prayer. Are you with me on that? If you're not looking for God moving, you're going to miss him because sometimes God shows up in some unexpected ways. Can we agree on that? And and that's what we need to be looking for. So if you're a guest or you're watching this message here or listening to our podcast, we are wrapping up a series today called Rethink. And we've been in it for the past several months, and I hope it's been a blessing to you. And uh, again, if you go to our website, yankton.church, our YouTube channel, podcast, watch these, catch up on them. I've been saying this over and over again. I spend a lot of time my week watching YouTube videos. Maybe you do too. No guilt in that, but let's put a little Jesus in there, all right? Let's actually watch something with content and see. But if you missed it or you need to catch up, I just want to recap real quick. The first week we talked about God. And I made the statement, what you think about God is the most important thing in your entire life. What comes to your mind when you think about God? And God is love. We talked about that. Second week we talked about temptation. We have an enemy. He hates you. He hates your family. He wants to seek, kill, and destroy But the good news about temptation is he runs, just like a middle school football team, he runs the same play over and over and over and over again because he's not very creative. But the bad news is we're not very smart because we keep falling for the same stuff over and over and over again. But that week we talked about how you can defeat temptation. We have the answer for that. Week three, Pastor Andy talked about disappointment. So many times when we're disappointed in our lives, we think it's about us. And so much of our lives is not about us. And how can we use that disappointment to be a blessing or to minister to someone else? We talked about the Holy Spirit. And I said how every single one of us, every man, woman, and child is being led by something. You're either being led by success. You're either being led by other people's opinions. You're being led by your own thought. But we should be led by the same thing that led Jesus, and that was the Holy Spirit. Go back and watch that message. Next week, we talked about love. And how love means we take a risk. This is why there's so many lonely and and sad people in our world today is because they've been hurt. And no one wants to get hurt. Love means take a risk, even though it means you might get hurt. That's what we're called to do as followers of Jesus. And then Pastor Trisha talked about our enemies and how we're called to love our enemies. Pray for those who persecute us. That's not an easy thing to do. But God's called us to do that. She did a great job of unpacking that. And last week... 
we talked about the most important thing you'll ever know, and that is salvation. What it means to be born again and making that decision, how Jesus walked us through that. So today, as I mentioned, we're not just ending a series. We're really wrapping up a season of our church. And, and you guys know I'm a numbers guy. I love numbers. So I, I did the math. So we moved into Cheers uh, April 1st, 2021. And from that point until today, by my count, I might be wrong, but this is the numbers that I got. We were here 121 Sundays, <laughs> which is pretty cool to think about, right? It's a little over two years and four months. But the interesting thing is, you know, before we were here at Cheers, where did we meet at? Anybody remember? All right, yeah, a few of you were actually there during that time, right? We met at Minerva's June 2018 to April 1st, 2021. That's 145 Sundays. And, and why is that fascinating? Maybe it doesn't mean anything to you, but to me it's kind of fascinating. Because for 19 weeks when we were at uh, Minerva's, if you remember, 2020, we had COVID-19, right? And so we weren't there for those Sundays. So really, it's almost, almost nearly identical, the number of Sundays we were at Minerva's as the number of Sundays that we were here. That just blew me away when I found that out. Why, why do I say that? I love both seasons of that in our church. I was here for all of that. Some of you were too as well. I love the people that we've met. I love the memories that were made in both those places. But everybody look right here. It's never been about a building. It's always been about a people. We put way too much focus on where we meet Sunday morning. Instead, we should focus on how we live Monday through Saturday. A church is a body, not a building. We want people to meet Jesus and live like Jesus. So as we're wrapping up this series and really this season, the final week here of our series, Rethink, we're going to talk about something that I think is the biggest <laughs> biggest, biggest power that we have, the, the biggest po untapped potential of God's church, if you want to use it. It's the word prayer. And if you've been here before, we did an entire series on prayer, and I love you with all my heart, and please don't feel condemned when I say this, but I don't think we really understand prayer yet. I think I'm still learning about prayer, because if we really understood what prayer meant, it would change everything about our lives, about our relationships, about our faith, about how we interact, about what we do. Prayer changes everything everything. And so we need to understand what that means to rethink prayer. So in your Bibles, I want you to turn to Isaiah chapter 36. Isaiah 36. Again, if you don't have a Bible, we'd love to get you one. Also, version free app on any smartphone or device. You can download it right now. But as you go to Isaiah 36, this is one of my all-time favorite prayers in the entire Bible. And it was prayed by a guy by the name of King Hezekiah. If you're not familiar with the Bible, Hezekiah existed at a very tumultuous time in the nation of Israel. The nation had been divided between the upper kingdom called Israel in the north and Judah, the southern kingdom in the south. And there had been a lot of back and forth between the two, but what had happened during the time of Hezekiah is another nation called the Assyrians had come in and had completely wiped out all the northern tribes. The ten tribes of Israel were completely wiped out. All that remained was King Hezekiah and the southern kingdom of Judah. And now this Assyrian army was marching against Jerusalem, against Judea, against King Hezekiah. You can also read about this in 2 Kings 18 and 2 Chronicles 32, but we're staying in Isaiah 36 for today because I want you to understand something about Hezekiah. Hezekiah was determined to take a stand against the Assyrians. They had come and they surrounded the city and one of the officials of the Assyrian army was shouting these things to kind of scare the people in the city and to scare Hezekiah. I'm going to go to verse 4 in Isaiah 36. The field commander said to them, Tell King Hezekiah, this is what the great king, 
the king of Assyria says, on what are you basing this confidence of yours? Hezekiah, what are you basing this confidence on? Can I ask you a question, friends? When trouble comes knocking at your door, what are you basing your confidence on? All right? Are you basing it on your own wisdom, <laughs> your own abilities, the stock market, the government? Please don't put your ability in that. <laughs> what are you depending on? What do you base your confidence on? And this is what's so important. Hezekiah did not put his confidence in any single human power. Hezekiah put his confidence in the God of the universe who could actually do something about it. And, and, and he showed that. And he showed that so well that this evil official from the Assyrian army already knew this. Because look at what he says in verse 18. This is the official talking to the people again. Do not let Hezekiah mislead you when he says the Lord will deliver us. Have the gods of any nation ever delivered their lands from the hand of the great king of Assyria? Verse 20. Who of all the gods of these countries have been able to save their lands from me? How then can the Lord deliver Jerusalem from my hand? Can I give you some advice? <laughs> if you want to mock something, try not mocking the living God. That's a bad idea. That's what this guy's doing. He's standing up saying, all these other gods we took care of, pff, your God's nothing. We'll just blow right through that again. How does Hezekiah respond? When his city is surrounded, when this nation is ready to conquer, just like he wiped out all these other tribes, what did Hezekiah do? And I'm so glad you asked the question. Turn to Isaiah 37, the very next chapter, the very first verse. When King Hezekiah heard this, he tore his clothes put on sackcloth, and went to the temple of the Lord. Now, if you're new to Scripture, when you hear somebody tearing their clothes, that might seem kind of weird, okay? So I just want to unpack that for a second. In that culture and at that time, when somebody would tear their clothes, it was a sign of humility. It was a sign of exhaustion. It was to say, I'm at the end of my rope. I have nothing else to do. I have no idea what else to do. Anybody else been there before? <laughs> okay, that's what the king was saying. And when the king did this, that was not only a message to the, to the people around him. It was to the whole nation that King Hezekiah said, listen, this is bigger than any of us. I don't know what to do. But in humility, look at what he did. He went to the temple of the Lord. Please understand, it's not the location that's important. It's the person that he was going to see. King Hezekiah did not put his faith in any single human power, including himself, his army, or anyone else. King Hezekiah put his faith in the living God. And King Hezekiah would pray a prayer, which I already said was one of my favorite prayers in all of Scripture. And I would say that understanding this prayer changed everything for Hezekiah, it changed everything for Judah, and it would change everything for you and me in our world if we would understand what Hezekiah prayed. Do you want to hear it? Oh, maybe not. Do you guys want to hear it? Okay. All right, okay. This is why you should read your Bibles, right? This is exciting stuff. Hezekiah, I'm going to start in Isaiah 37, the 15th verse. Look down at the 15th verse. And Hezekiah prayed to the Lord, Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, enthroned between the cherubs, you are God alone over all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made the heavens and the earth. If you got your note sheets or on your phone, I want you to write these couple things down about Hezekiah's prayer. As we go through this prayer, I'm going to unpack this for you. I want you to write these down. Here's the first thing to write down. Hezekiah's prayer worshiped God first. 
Hezekiah, the first thing he did was acknowledge that I'm going to worship God first. Friends, whatever you put first in your life is God of your life. Whatever you put first in your life. So if the first thing you care about is what other people think about you, other people are the God of your life. If the first thing you think about is your checkbook, money is the God of your life. If the first thing you think about is anything else other than God, that is the God of your life. When trouble came to Hezekiah, the first thing he did was he worshiped God. He went to the temple, he tore his clothes. The first thing we need to do is we need to stop. And we need to pray to the one true God. You know the God who created everything, including you? You know the God who knows everything that's going to happen for all eternity? The one who holds the stars and says, that God? You think maybe we might want to consult him first? But then I want to push back. Then why don't we? Do we really believe that? Hezekiah did, and he worshiped God first. But the prayer continues, verse 17. Give ear, Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, Lord, and see. Listen to all the words this official has sent to ridicule the living God. Here's the second thing I want you to write down. Hezekiah worshiped God first, but here's the second thing. Hezekiah appealed to God's glory, not his own. Hezekiah appealed to God's glory. This official from the Assyrian army stood and mocked the living God. But what appalled King Hezekiah was that he mocked God, not his city. Let me ask you this. When you face a problem, are you more concerned with how it impacts you? Or are you more concerned with how it impacts God? Did you understand the idea that when somebody insults you or comes after you, that they are also breaking the living God's rule? to say to love one another. Do you understand that? They're not insulting you. They're insulting the living God, friends. Are we more concerned with our own feelings and our own emotions? Or are we more concerned with that person's relationship to their God? We all know this. Hurt people do what? Hurt people hurt people. You know what else it tells me? They're not following God either. Because if I've got to hurt somebody else, there's a relationship that's broken there. And that's the problem. When people hurt us, we're more concerned with how it impacts us instead of how it impacts their relationship with God. You see the difference there? Hezekiah appealed to God's glory. See, our concern shouldn't be for ourselves, but for God's glory. Hezekiah appealed to that. Not as a king, but as God's king. The prayer continues in verse 18. It is true, Lord, that the Assyrian kings have laid waste to all these peoples in their land. They have thrown their gods in the fire and destroyed them. For they were not gods, but only wooden stone fashioned by human hands. Here's the third thing I want you to write down about Hezekiah's prayer. Hezekiah acknowledged the facts. This is so important that we don't miss this. Because I think there's a tendency maybe to minimize or, or, or kind of make smaller than what it actually is. Hezekiah acknowledged the facts. Hezekiah said, listen, these guys are here. These are big, bad dudes, okay? They have wiped out nations. They wiped out the nation of Israel. This is not good. See, sometimes I think we get caught up in what's going on around us, and we forget to acknowledge the facts. Be real with God. Can I help you with something? God already knows anyway. <laughs> so our idea going to God and saying, listen, God, this is what's going on, is our way of saying, listen, God, this is bigger than me. God, I, I can't handle this. This is beyond my control. Now we can step back and let God do his work. But you know what I do sometimes? And maybe you do the same thing. 
I get stuck in my predictions, right? If this happens, and this will happen, and this will happen, and this will happen. Can I tell you something? My crystal ball, crystal ball is kind of fuzzy sometimes, okay? I don't always predict what's going to happen the right way. God knows. So why would we depend on our predictions? We need to acknowledge the facts. This is what's going on right now, God. Help us with this. See, it only confirms it for us, but it tells God that we're ready for him to move greatly. God, I need you. This is what happens. Hezekiah acknowledged the facts, not his predictions. Here's the last thing, verse 20. I think this is the most important thing that Hezekiah prayed. Verse 20, now, Lord, our God, deliver us from his hand so that all the kingdoms of the earth may know, Lord, are are the only God. Hezekiah's prayer acknowledged to grow God's kingdom. Hezekiah wanted to grow God's kingdom. Notice he didn't pray, God, grow my kingdom. He said, God, grow your kingdom. Understand that when Hezekiah prayed this prayer, that he said, God, that all the nations of the earth would know that you are God. He was praying that the Assyrians, you know the people that are standing at the gate saying, we're going to kill you, we're going to kill your family, we're going to kill your nation. He is praying that they would understand God and follow him, which means that God would save them. That is what it means, friends, to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. Do we really want the people who are persecuting us to come to know Christ and to see that? Go back and watch Pastor Trisha's message, week seven. Jesus said, love our enemies, pray for those who persecute us. Why do we do that? Because the only way we can overcome evil is with love. His kingdom is the only true defeat of evil, and that's what Jesus did on the cross for us. He defeated that forever to grow God's kingdom, not his own. Are we more interested in protecting and growing our kingdom or growing God's kingdom? Hezekiah was more interested in God's kingdom that all the nations of the earth would know, not his own. So those are the four things. Now, what I want you to do is I'm going to go through and I'm going to read this prayer to you. I'm going to start in verse 15 and go through it. But as I pray this, I want you to think about those four things that hopefully you wrote down. And I want to ask the question as I'm going through this, is this how I pray? Okay, verse 15. And Hezekiah prayed to the Lord, Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, enthroned above the cherims, you alone are God over all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. Verse 17. Give ear, Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, Lord, and see. Listen to all the words this official has sent to ridicule the living God. Verse 18, it is true, Lord, that the Assyrian kings have laid waste to all the people in their lands. They have thrown their gods in the fire and destroyed them, for they were not gods, but only wood and stone fashioned by human hands. And then the kicker, verse 20, now, Lord, our God, deliver us from his hand so that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you, Lord, are the only God. Hezekiah's prayer to God worshiped God first. Hezekiah appealed to God's glory, not his own. Hezekiah acknowledged the facts and was real with the situation. And Hezekiah's kicker in the end was to grow God's kingdom and to benefit God's kingdom, not his own. To which you might be thinking right now, okay, pastor, I get it. I understand. I think it's a good prayer. But, but if you're like me, sometimes you, you kind of struggle with this one thing. But, but I just want to know everything's going to be okay. I just want to know that everything's going to turn out and everything is going to be okay. I wish I could knew that everything was being okay. See, you struggle with doubts. And if you're that person and I'm the same way, you're in good company. 
But this is why I think Hezekiah's prayer is one of the most important in all of Scripture. Because we missed something, and I kind of set you up for it. Now, if you go back, this is the most important thing about this. If I remember, verse 1, Hezekiah went to the temple, tore his robes. Remember that? And then we jump down from verse 1 to verse 15. Now, why did we do that? Because I want to show you something. Verse 2, Hezekiah sent his officials to the prophet named Isaiah. Hence the Isaiah who's writing the book, right? And Isaiah actually gave a message to these officials to tell Hezekiah. Look at verse 6, Isaiah 37, verse 6. Isaiah said to them, tell your master, this is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid of what you have heard. Those words with which the underlings of the king of Assyria have blasphemed me. Isaiah goes on to tell Hezekiah, God will deliver you. Don't worry about this guy. God's got it. He won't touch it. You are okay. And here's the part I don't want you to miss. Hezekiah prayed that prayer after he knew the answer. Hezekiah was told by Isaiah, don't worry about this guy. God's got it. It's okay. Yet he still went and prayed that same prayer. Delivery is coming, so I don't need to pray, right? But that's exactly what Hezekiah did. That's what we should do too. Hezekiah knew that God would deliver him already, but yet he still prayed this beautiful prayer. Why would he do that? And this is what, if you forget everything I say right now, this is the most important thing you need to understand. Hezekiah knew something that you and I didn't know about prayer. See, when you and I pray, we pray for an answer. We say, God, heal me. God, guide me. God, show me. And I'm not saying that's wrong, but Hezekiah didn't pray for an answer because he already knew the answer. Hezekiah prayed to the answer, and the answer is God. When you pray in your life, do you pray for an answer or do you pray to an answer? The answer, which is Jesus Christ. Are you with me, church? That's why I don't think we understand prayer. Because so many times I'm like, God, show me. God, tell me. God, and God's like, did you do what I already said, Jeff? <laughs> I've given you my word. There's so many things that we don't need to pray about because God's already got them taken care of. It's covered by his word. He's already said, don't do this. He's already said, love your enemies. He already said, pray for those who persecute you. God's already told us that. We don't need to pray about that. We pray for an answer, but just like Hezekiah, we need to pray to the answer. Hezekiah already knew what it was. He was delivered from it. Friends, once we understand that, it changes everything about prayer. So when you pray, do you pray for an answer or do you pray to the answer? When you pray, do you pray to worship God? appeal to his glory. It's not what they said or did about me. It's that their relationship with God is broken. And I'm more broken about their broken relationship than what they've done to me. We need to acknowledge the fact. We need to be honest with God. God, that really hurt when that person said that. God, that really, that really made me angry. Those are the kind of prayers that God can handle. Read the Psalms. David was great at this. He poured his heart out to God. In one of the Psalms, David said, take my enemy's children and smash their rocks on the, on the, on, smash their head on rocks. That's a pretty powerful prayer, all right? God can handle that. Acknowledge the facts. But the most important thing, grow your 
kingdom. Use this pain, use this hurt, so that all the people in the world would know that there's a God in heaven. Friends, can I just say something to you? And and I'm going to take a risk in saying this, but I believe this is from the Spirit of God right now. Our move to the theater is going to change this community in ways you have no idea. And we haven't even set foot in there yet. And it's not because anything I'm going to do. It's not because anything you're going to do. It's because there's a God in heaven who wants to turn the light bulb on in Yankton, South Dakota. And, and, and I say, and I, I joked before, and you guys have heard me say this before, we talk about 500-seat theater, is that going to be big enough, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, no, probably not. We're not going to be. Because, because don't miss this, church. When we stop going to church and we start being the church, there's not a building in Yankton big enough to hold that. I could care less about having a big church. I want to see as many marriages restored as they possibly can. I want to see as many hurting, broken, and addicted people come and be released as possible. Not because of a church, but because I want to grow God's kingdom. There's a generational curse on this community that needs to be broken, and the only way we're going to do that is by being the light. (laughs) Please understand, and everybody hear me as clearly as I possibly can say it. I'm not praying that to God. I'm praying to the answer. You with me on this? I'm not praying that God would do that. I'm praying to the answer because I know he already wants to. My job is just to get out of his way so he can do that. That's why we're going to have a great welcome. That's why we need people out front every Sunday welcoming people in that door. It's not about welcoming. It's about saying we're going to lower that barrier. We're going to have great coffee. We're going to have clean seats. We're going to have smiling faces. We're going to see all kinds of great things that seem very little and small. But the whole point is that we want to create an environment where people can come and meet Jesus. Free from distractions. Free from hurt and pain. With people who love each other, really love each other with an authentic love like you all do. You with me, church? It's not about a theater. It's about growing God's kingdom. So let's pray. God, you hold all creation in your hand. Your plans and purposes prevail over anything we could dream up on our own. God, we live in a culture that chases pleasure, chases wealth, chases success, chases likes and shares and follows. And we reject your divine power. God, please forgive us because every single one of us, myself included, are guilty of seeking answers instead of seeking you who are the answer. God, when we pray, help us to remember that we're praying to the answer, not for an answer. God, deliver us from the evil that's in this world, from the selfishness that can creep up, from our worldly desires, not for our benefit, God, but so that our community would know that you alone are Lord God. And I thank you so much for the privilege I get to pastor a wonderful church who gets it, who understands those things. And God, change our prayers in ways that we'll never, ever see the difference in our lifetime, because it'll go far beyond anything we could ever say or do. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If we could hold... Thanks so much for listening. If you live in the Yankton area, we'd love for you to join us Sundays at 10.30 a.m. at 310 Walnut Street. 
You can also check out more content on our website, yankton.church, or our YouTube channel, at Celebrate Yankton. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe to it and share with others. God bless. Thank you.